you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 11. And I don't, I don't want to ruin like the podcasting magic of the uh, experience here, oh, but really? I mean, because we've, we've, been, we've been putting out an episode every... Every week here, we've been doing a good job, I think. And so for you guys, this is just one more in the stream of week. We took like a month off. At least a month. <laughs> yeah. So if we're a little rusty, it's because we haven't done this in a month. <laughs> what even is Mass Effect? I don't remember. It's a video game. What is? Pretty good one, though. Video James? Video game. James? Game. James. J- James oh, v- oh, James. oh, 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 the thing on the screen with the buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So this game has a shepherd, but there's no sheep. I'm very confused. Uh, uh, God. That, I mean, <laughs> that is that is the on the nose analogy for a shepherd guiding the whole ass galaxy to not destroy itself. Yeah, they're kind of like lemmings more than sheep, but that's beside you, the point. It's more, more like herding cats. Do you think? Do you think they picked the name Shepard because of like you know Alan Shepard and the space program and all of that, or do you think it was literally just like, yeah, your job is to lead these idiots to you know away from their certain doom? Probably. I both. think. I think you could argue that they picked the name Shepard because Shepard could equally apply to what the commander does as well as what the reapers are trying to do. Hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I did not expect that joke to actually like veer into actual discussion. Yeah. But uh but speaking of what the reapers are trying to do, we're going to find that out today. Well, actually I actually have the answer for it though. Oh, actually, oh the, the, the canonical yeah. The canonical answer actually is Cantor is inspired and named after American astronaut Alan Shepard. So that is the correct answer. <laughs> and Chip is dancing right now. I'm dancing on the screen. <laughs> called it. Nailed it. Actually, what I, the real, real reason I was dancing was like, oh, man, I hope I didn't get that dude's name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. So let's. Go ahead. Let's let's get in get into it here because today we're going to talk about Vermeer, which I I mean, even in my recollection of having played through Mass Effect the first time, I remembered Vermeer being like a very pivotal. Like Vermeer is when Mass Effect goes from like okay, running around space trying to bank space people, and then it actually goes to like oh shit, this is a real serious game, right? Like this, like 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 shit got real. This game is going. This game is going to deserve a legendary edition in like fourteen years. That. 
that like when you're playing Vermeyer, that's when it all hits you. That's it's yeah. the uh, it's the Revan moment. If you want to go back and compare it to say uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, oh, that's very sure, good yeah. actually. But also, apparently, uh, past Nick was very psyched. He knew like in 14 years, guys, there's going to be a legendary edition. What do you mean a legendary? Nick Stradamus over here. Like, there's going to be a legend. Wait for it. And then I just had to wait for 14 years for the dairy. <laughs> Um, no, I think I think you're right though. Like I think that um, when you hit Vermeer is is definitely I the just the design is better. The storytelling really uh, comes together. I feel like it is it is probably the best level in in like level in the original game. Yes, at least the base game. If you don't consider the DLC and stuff. Oh I, yeah, even I would. I'll take yeah. it over. Um, uh, well, I'll certainly take it over Pinnacle Station, but. I, I would also take it over asteroid X 57. Well, the thing about the asteroid and we'll get, we'll get into when we do, when we actually talk about the asteroid though, is like, you could see like they developed that later because as far as like a standalone single, you know, like what, two or three hour experience with its own arc that you go through. And then there are moments that you hit like that is a separate piece is very well done, but yes. this is the, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like comparing say, uh, like a single issue of a comic book where they have this like one one off issue that's really good versus, you know, like, you know, in a graphic novel, like the one issue where like the graphic novel establishes itself. That's right. That's like, Vermeer. It's it's a very colorful planet compared to like probably the rest part of the game. Like Citadel had some it's, color, but this has just, you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yes. Well, it's got and I, I think that's part of the, the fun of it, too, is that it's it's that that beach environment where it feels very calming. Like it's not like the, like it's not a hostile planet in and of itself. Right. Like you're, you don't feel like the planet's trying to threaten you in any way. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not in the bitter cold that everybody's complaining about. It actually looks like the kind of planet you'd probably want to go vacation on when all this is over. Mm -hmm. The Bahamas, the Bahamas of, of mass effect. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause and you, so you pop down there in the Mako and it feels like being on a turtle beach level in uh, uh, a Mario Kart game. Or Koopa Beach, sorry. Oh yes, oh yeah, because you even got like the the light water and the, like the dark water and mm -hmm. like yeah, you, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. You just watch out for the turtle shells; they hit hard. <laughs> but no, but the thing about Vermeer is like I rem like I think you know we all have like the one or two moments that remember. I forgot how many like it hits you in the face like four times before you're done. That. I was like, I, I like playing through this. I was like, Oh my, like I could not, I, I didn't remember just how pivotal it was. Like there are certain things that we'll get to the, you know, that I think everybody knows happen here, yeah. but like, it's just, I forgot like how much, just how, cause it's, it's just, it's just one thing after another, after another. And like, when you're done, you, you know, you need to do some side quests. You, you can't, you, you need right. to go kind of chill and rest and you can't go, you can't go straight to Ilos or whatever because you know, or I should say back to the Citadel first, but because mm -hmm. you need yeah. you need that because it's like just a lot happens here, and it's a quite a long level actually, area like it mm -hmm. actually is separated in multiple parts. It feels like every time I go there, I played it multiple times. I'm always like, yeah, this is much longer than I remember. I don't know why I keep forgetting this. Yeah. So real quickly before we get into Vermeer, I do want to go back because I think we skipped over this in uh, in our pr prior discussions but there are two scenes one post pharos and one post noveria 
Uh, and they're very short. I'm, I'm just going to describe them here. I'm not going to do like a recap for them. Um, but I do want to talk about them real quickly because they are sort of relevant to what's going to happen here. Um, so the first scene, I guess, being post Pharos, uh, you know, this is after you return to the ship. You know, Sh- Shepard has the, inf- he, you know, he mind melded with the Asari to be uh, to get the cipher. And Liara turns to him and, you know, he calls the crew meeting. Liara turns and says, like, Shepard, you look pale. And so Liara is like, OK, let me meld with your mind so I can understand the vision because I'm a tele- telepath and I've got Prothean knowledge. Like those two things together will let me do this. And she sees that the vision is incomplete, so, but she knows that Saren has to have the whole thing. And Liara gets excited afterwards because she's like, whoa, that was so vivid and the experience was intense. And she says, Shepard, you're so strong for having had this vision and surviving it. And then Ashley gets snippy with her and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you know, what, like, you know, why, why, why are you praising the commander here? Like, you know, what did you see? And then Liara just points out that the data is incomplete and then she's tired and she needs to take a break and Shepard ends the meeting. Um, so it's really quick there. We were talking about this in, in pre-show chip. Uh, Cause I was saying that like, it felt to me a bit like with my unintended leading Ashley on romance that she was being like extra defensive with Liara, but you were saying as a yeah. femme chef. Yeah, she still gets. You had the same experience. She still gets snippy. She's still, you know, I I think she's just, it's it's part of her character of like, I don't trust, you know, these non-humans on the crew, all that. Yes, and I, I'll watch that and be like, yeah, whatever. Ashley's being it's, snippy again. Right. It's <laughs> kind of Ashley being Ashley. And it's it's like one line, right? So she just sort of says it and then that's it. But um, I do. My favorite part of that interaction is when Liara is like, oh, I'm tired. And then you as Shepard could be like, really? I feel fine. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wonder though is uh like the, this whole mind melding with with the Asari. Who was the first one who mind melded and what was their experience when that happened? I mean it's it's part I of mean, their uh like reproductive thing too, isn't it? I feel like I feel like there's like a weird crossover right between the Asari sort of reproductive melding and whatever this is that Liara is doing. Yeah. It's still very different, so it's just kind of very alien concept, which is what I like. It's something, like, not normal compared to, like, what we're used to. So it's, like, I always want to know, like, what does that actually do? Because they don't take the genetic material of people. They don't need that. They just read your genetics and make it in their body. I'm like, something like that? I'm, so it's very could strange. they be setting up – could they be setting up, especially if we know that Ash or uh, Liara is coming back in whatever Mass Effect 4 is supposed to be? Could they be setting up like Liara is running around with like Shepard's kid that maybe the, she, nobody's going to actually call Shepard's kid, but it's obviously going to be Shepard's kid? Huh. I don't. I So, man, that's really fun. Maybe. It, I don't think not as the protagonist, because I feel like they're not going to make a Mass Effect where the protagonist is a sorry. Which would, you know, that would necessitate, but that would be fun. That would be a fun twist. Although. Yeah. Hmm. More hmm. than likely, based on how they did, like uh, they did, like the Star Wars games. I don't think there's going to be really a canonical relationship. If we're well, mass- no, I, I'm not saying the canonical relationship. I'm saying basically here, like just from this little mind meld here, and I and uh, I think Liara does it like one more time or whatever. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, like like th- those brief instances, not the the relationship part, but oh. that's just enough. Like. Uh, you know, like for Liara, like, oops, I'm pregnant. Maybe. 
there is a two year gap between Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Two. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So maybe. Well, also. Yeah, but you figure. You, you figure. Well, maybe that. Well, I don't. I don't, don't want to get too much into into Mass Effect Two spoilers, but. Um, Maybe that's why Liara does certain things later on in Mass Effect 2, because she's trying to protect the information from getting out that yeah. she's running around with Shepard's bastard kid. That would be amazing. That would be such a wild like story beat for them to take. I would love it, but boy, I think it would be divisive, to say the least. Yeah, well, they they have crazier story elements in like 2 and 3, so it's not too far-fetched. What? When, when has the Mass Effect community ever reacted poorly to a story decision? No, never. 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 <laughs> Andromeda has many sequels, and it's a great game. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the that's the post Pharaoh sequence, and then let's get to the post uh, Novaria sequence real quickly here. Once again, Shepard calls a crew meeting on the Normandy. Right off the bat, Ashley is like, "Okay, so we're we're going to the Mu Rayleigh to, to go after Saren." And everybody's like, whoa, I, you know, we, we still need to get a little more information. Let's, you know, not jump there right immediately. And Liara's like, Shepard, that is a perfect decision. You are the best at making decisions. And again, Ashley's like, whoa, what are you doing, Liara? Why are you jumping all in Shepard's DMs? <laughs> so. This one I don't think I got. Yeah. I, yeah so, I don't know. Well, maybe I did. I, I just, Ashley was always just really upset whenever like a non-human crew member wanted to do anything. So I, I don't know. It's just funny that, like, not only is Shepard shooting down Ashley's decisions, but then also it's like Liara is backing them up strongly. And, I, like, I, I mean, it's, 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 you can kind of read it a few different ways. Like, that Ashley is one, just upset that her, she's getting shot down and by this other person. Yes, this person's having to be a sorry, and she doesn't necessarily like the Asari. But then also, like, yeah, there's that little reading because it's like, whoa, why are you being all supportive of Shepard? Don't you be all, you know, don't all, you all be getting up on my man here. And it's it's it, it's just funny to, to to look at it that way. Um, and that's pretty much where the meeting ends. He's like, Ashley, shut up. And then he's like, OK, let's all I'm going to go talk to the council. You all go by. <laughs> but do you really want to talk to the council? Nothing good Nobody ever happens talking to the council. Oh. Never did. Worked out fine. You saved oh. the galaxy. <laughs> See, worked out we'll fine. We'll get to the council. Not this, not this week, but we'll get to the council. But uh, anyway, let's let's go ahead and let's get into it. So Vermeer, we uh, we're going there because there was a Solarian team that was sent to monitor. Uh, I guess monitor an outpost there. They thought there might be some activity, and the team goes quiet. It, you know, we don't we don't know what happened to them. So the council's like, it's not just any Solarians either. It's special forces, Solarians, the special, the, whatever. Special tasks group. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So it's the, the Solarian special forces. They drop off the, the radar and the council is concerned and they're like, Shepard, you got to go check this out. We think this could be related to what's going on with Saren, but even not, we need to find out what happened to this team. So go check this out. So in the Century Omega, we go to the planet of Hawk. Or I'm sorry, in the, it's not the planet of Hawk. It's the planet of Vermeer, obviously. It's the uh, solar system Hawk, mm-hmm. the Hawk system in the Century Omega. And we're supposed to meet with the Solarian infiltration team. So we come in and there's anti-air guns. So Joker has to drop the Mako low. 
so we can drop, you know, so we can get in the Mako. We drop down. It's almost like a, like we were saying earlier, like Turtle Beach. Like it's this, these can this canyon, like a series of canyons with, I don't know what, like ankle deep water. Like it's very yeah. shallow. I mean, there's some, there's some spots, spots where it's a little deeper, but it's very shallow water. It's very beach-like atmosphere. There's like little crabish creatures running around mm-hmm. that you can shoot if you want. But or run over. Hostile little. Or run over, that's also true. You can ruin their day. Yeah. And so as you, as you go through, you start fighting. You start running into some geth. You start fighting some geth. And eventually, you get to like the one base where the anti-aircraft guns are. And then, you know, you take them out. And then you move on. And then finally, you meet up with the Salarians. And then th- this is when this is when the bombs start dropping, <laughs> because there's there's Captain Kirahi, who is like the head of the Salarian forces, and you you get there and Ashley and Caden immediately are like arguing with this guy. Oh yeah, and Kirahi's like, I need you, I need you guys to stay put. You know, like we're 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 already under under fire as it is. We're already trying. You know, we're already stuck. And then he points out like we sent out a distress call, but is this all they sent in response? And then, you know, Shepard kind of starts talking to the guy and like, look, like this is all like, this is all we sent because we, we barely got your distress call. It was garbled. Yeah. So we were sent to investigate your garbled transmission. Apparently they wanted an army and it's like, Oh, nope. You get, oh. you get like six people. Right. 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 <laughs> but Hey, at least Shepard's there. So you're good. Better than yes. an army. I mean, Kira, he doesn't know that in his defense. He's just kind of like, Oh, great. Yeah, he's not going to have any idea. Well, this is when Shepard really starts to become Shepard. Like, you know, the, the legend of the Normandy really starts to build. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you've had the highlights of, of you know, Novaria and Pharos and whatnot. But this is, re- you know, again, like this is where Shepard and, you know, his team really sort of begin to f- put their, like, footprint on the universe, yeah, as it were. It's also like a good scene where you get to, when you get over here and you have Rex and stuff, it's one of the few times where you literally need to make sure you have all the stuff of Rex if you want to have it completed. You well, even this. well, that's that, that's the yes again. This, as I said, that's like the first of the of the the times where the game slaps you in the face, because as you're talking to Kirahi, he points out that Shepard's got a Krogan army, or uh, Saren's got a Krogan army rather, and you're like, well, how did he get a Krogan army? He's like, oh, he's breeding them, and we're like, well, how is he breeding them? And they're like, we well, found a way around the genophage, and and Rex is like, whoa, <laughs> hold on a minute. <laughs> Yeah, you're telling me that the bad guy is, is just fixed the biggest problem for my people, and I'm supposed to go along with your plan to take him out? And everybody's like, yeah, well, we can't have, like, Saren's Krogan running around. Like, we need to stop them, and we need to shut this down. And so Rex walks off in a huff, and he goes over, and he's standing out, like, you know, just off the beach. And basically, you know, Kirahe's like, okay, like, you know, we'll, we'll formulate a plan here, but go get your guy in line. Yeah, right. Which I was not even like that. It's just, he's kind of like, is he going to be a problem? I'm like, yes. The guy should should not be upset when there might be a solution to his people being exterminated. So yeah, you know, uh, most people kind of get upset by that. Hey, well, don't like. I, I really enjoy too. Uh, well, I don't enjoy because it it's really loud. Um, as soon as Rex like sort of storms off, he just starts firing his shotgun. Repeated. Yes. And like about yeah, it, every it took, 15 seconds. It took me a minute because I started hearing. Sh- I'm like, who's firing? That? Like, oh, that's Rex. That's Rex. <laughs> losing like, his sh- mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, like, yeah. I mean, they do a really good job of like, 
I mean, without him getting violent at that point, mm-hmm. like of just showing like he is pissed off and you have to deal with it. And this, this was the moment that I was most nervous about as someone who was trying not to go to Paragon and not to go to Renegade. Because I know, like, on my very first playthrough, I'll go over, you get into a huff with him, and then you just got that blue Paragon option, and you're like, Rex, is Shepard? Everything's okay with me? We're going to make this work? And Shepard's like, or Rex is like, yeah, you're right, you're Shepard, we're cool. And it's all good. And I'm like, I don't have that card. I don't have that out. Yeah, what happened? Like, I just yelled at him and basically was like, dummy, you don't want these Krogan. Like, what are you doing? And... We just had like a little face off. It was fine. He fell in line. Yeah, mine's more is more friendly. It's like, hey, I get it. You know, you want to save your people, but this isn't saving them. They're becoming slaves to Saren and, and the Reapers and stuff like that. It's kind of like he is not good stuff right there. It's like uh, you don't want that. He's like, fine. It's like we'll find another solution. Just, just come on. Like, like okay, as long as I get to kill him, I'm like, can do. It's basically how it went for me because I did do the Rex mission. We did get his armor, as we talked about in the Rex episode. Um, so I was able to lean on that. Like, because you, when, because I actually played through the sequence a few times just to see the different outcomes. Mm-hmm. And you could see where the cuts were of like, okay, like it just made a logic jump. Like, it, it just assumed, like, okay, like this sequence here is corresponding to your prior dialogue and whatnot. Um, and yeah, there's a moment there where basically you, you're like, it's me, Shepard. You can trust me. Like I've, I've, you know, like we've talked, I've helped you out. I'm not going to screw you over here. And Rex is like, yeah, you better not screw me over. And you know, and then, then he huh. comes with you. But the one that was the most fascinating to me was that, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go through and I'm not going to choose the nice option. And I just kept being like, Rex, get over it, get over it. And finally, he's like, Shepard, you're going to have to fight me if you want me to get over it. And you can decide at that moment, it's the, cho- the choice was uh, like, pull your gun on him or secretly wave to Ashley to take him out. And I forgot that was an option. So, yeah, I chose that. And like Rex like charges you and Ashley just takes him down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this base gets destroyed. Don't push me, Shepard. I followed you because I wanted to fight for something more than credits. I've been loyal to you so far. Hell, you did more for me than my family ever did. But if I'm going to keep following you, I need to know we're doing it for the right reasons. All you need to know is that I'm giving you an order to fall in line. That's it. All this time and that's all I get from you. How can you not see what this means to the Krogan? This base can't be destroyed. I won't allow it. You bastard. Not today, friend. What took you so long? I decided to aim, you know, since you were standing behind him and all. Wait, what? Did you just kill him, Chief? Commander's orders. Yeah, but I, I just can't believe it. Does he live? No. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. no. 
and then I, I, and then Ashley comes over and it's 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 just oh man like like she's just standing there she's like you know like, you know we did what we had to do here and the, yeah know, it's it's, it's brutal it's just brutal he's just laying there so you're saying like, your, oh. your Rex is dead no 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 I didn't save that one okay I went with the good option use a pair but I, I but I watched it play through and it was just oh my gosh it was just <sighs> brutal. It's just brutal. I've never killed Rex, so yeah, I've, I've never killed is, him either. Like Rex, I feel like Rex exudes a certain sense of honor. Like if you're gonna take Rex out, you take him out face to face. Like you shoot him in the face, like you know, and then you live with that. But to wave Ashley to do it from like the side, oh man, I couldn't even believe that was an option. I could not believe that Bioware gave you the option to. That was such a cowardly way. It's, it's so, yeah, it's just so low class. And, and of but, course, Ashley has no problem with it because she doesn't trust any of the aliens anyway. She's like, <laughs> I get to murder aliens? Like, Sweet. Like, Best did, day of the job. You, did you give me the signal to shoot Liara? I thought I saw the signal to shoot Liara. <laughs> <laughs> she starts massacring the rest of the crew. Yeah, like, <laughs> Massacre effect. That's what it should be called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Rex, yeah, so uh, so at least I think we all kept him alive. Then we all kept him around because Rex is too—he's too good of a teammate. I mean, kind of like we talked about in the Rex episode. Like we all like Rex. We've—he's a—he's a good teammate. And honestly, I—I want to—I really should do a playthrough where I—I I kill him just because it has substantial effects on. Not as much, somewhat the second game, and very much the third game. Oh, I don't know. I think it has a big hit on the second game. Fair enough. But yeah. it just—I don't want to kill him. I like him. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think you need to kill him. I don't think you know. I don't know. It just feels and, unnecessary. And the thing is, he's coming from a completely justified point. Like it, you know, like to kill him. It's a bit merciless. It's basically you're, you're, it's basically you're saying like I can't deal with this problem, so I just have to end it. Like you you know like somebody like Rex for especially if you've done his uh you know his loyalty quest for for lack of a better term, but if if you've gotten the armor for him, you've gone through those conversations with him. You've built the relationship. Like if you like I could totally see if you just went and did planet 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 boom, now Rex is on the chopping block. If you never talked, if you never talked to any of the crew, maybe that's a playthrough to do. Is that's where you never talk to any of the crew and never do anything with them, never build those relationships. Um, I mean, that'll you know that'll fail you in Mass Effect too, but that's besides oh, the yeah. point. But um, but if you never do that, like yeah, it, then it's just like okay, this 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 mercenary that I picked up on the Citadel, you know, why is he being a problem? Like whatever. But I mean, you you understand the significance of, of a cure to the genophage, and and for Shepard to say like you know like. This is not the way. This is not the cure. We'll find another cure. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, one, it's not really the cure because he is like cloning the Krogan. He's not really breeding them, but right. it's still, you know, it's it's still a form of reproduction that didn't exist. It, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it is a tough, it is a tough thing to, to, to weigh through. And, and then, you know, it's, so, so you make the decision with Rex and then now you go back and you talk to Kirahei. And now you've got the next big decision, which is basically like you've got to go in and infiltrate the the base and take out the you got to take out the the, the cloning facility for the, the 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 Krogan, 
you got to turn off the anti-aircraft guns so that they can get in there. But the way they want to do the infiltration is that they want like Kirahi's men to basically be like a distraction and stay basically like attack the front door to keep Saren and his forces occupied. Well, Shepard and his little team, Shadow Team, they sneak in the back. And you've got to decide then, here he's like, okay, well, it would really help if we had one of your crew with us. So who do you want to send with us? Who'd you guys send? Caden. I think this one doesn't actually matter, right? So, like, you can still, in, in the upcoming moment, it won't matter who you send. I don't think i'm not sure it has like really any repercussions like later in the game no other than no, like just, you I don't, can't have them in your squad which yeah right. no i i i remember agonizing over this decision the first time because the way they set it up like here he is going on a suicide mission whoever you send with him is probably going to die and i'm like so i just survived having to possibly kill one of my own one of my guys and now you're asking me to choose because in particular, he wants either Caden or Ashley. They're the two standing there. They both, they both volunteer to go. And so you've got to pick which one of these is going to go with Kirahi on this effectively suicide mission. And so I, I want to say the first time I did this, I picked Caden because I was the, 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 at the time I was trying to romance Ashley. I was like, well, Caden, you go on the suicide mission, keeping Ashley. This time I was like, I'm going to send Ashley. It doesn't matter. Cause I knew like, I knew as far as the decision-making process goes, it didn't matter. Which is weird because it felt like there were like three points where you, you have to choose, like, are you going to let Caden live or Ashley live? And it's not till the third one when it actually like matters. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without, without a guide, it's really hard to tell. Like, okay. Yeah. I think really hard. Like, okay, someone might die here. Who do I actually do? Hmm. Am I, am I actually saying the run that actually I want to die, die? Or am I saying that one to live? Oh, no. And the mission's very interesting, especially because uh, during this infiltration, you could you could actually screw up and have the infiltrate the Kirgan die, like the the head Solaria to have him die, and it's like, and then your crewmate becomes the leader of the distraction team, and that makes things very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. That didn't happen for me. How do you? How can you screw up and have Kirahi die if you don't go and like disable? There's like um platform oh, with like some yes. little uh robots flying around on it and there's like a couple other things oh there's i think there's two or maybe three things you can do three. wrong but basically yeah, if you things. don't yes. go sweep through everything and then there's another point further in where you find an alarm control or something like that and you have a decision whether to you know send more guys towards kirahi or whether to just deal with them yourself I like the XP points. I always deal with them myself. Right. Yeah. That's why I took it. It was like, no, I'll just kill more dudes. It's fine. I don't mind. Okay. Okay. Cause I just, out of like natural like game playing, I need to hit everything. I just naturally did all those. I didn't, it never occurred to me like, Oh, Kira, he could die. Yeah. But the way the, the thing's set up, there's actually a way to bypass all that stuff and do none of it. And then he just dies. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that you, made sense. Yeah, if you go in, if if you come in, if you go in low and you come in through like there's like a basement side door and you just barrel through, you will miss definitely the flyers and I'm pretty sure also the alarm thing entirely. And then yeah, like yeah, just dies. Yeah, because there's yeah that base 
there's yeah it's 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 a very i want to say it's very well laid out from like a game design perspective it's oddly laid out from a base perspective yeah <laughs> but not, there's like three different yeah not very well defended there's like three different entry points and like yeah you like as i'm going through i'm trying to make sure like again like even though i'm coming in like the one entry point that i'm still working my way around to be like oh okay this door leads out this entrance and you know trying to right. make sure i hit every nook just because I want to, you know, get every little storage locker and get as much Omni Gel as I can. Sure. Yeah, this is another thing when you when you stop off and, and chat with Kira, he, all of your party members are gone. So it's just you walking around and he's got all these great storage lockers that you might have wanted to decrypt. And it's like, no, nope, you can't do it. It's really rude. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's nothing in them. Yeah, but because like, still, all your party members just, aren't gone. They're all standing around separately. And so you don't have their abilities. Yeah, that's also an interesting thing, different part from the rest of the game is most time you choose who's out there, but at the base area, they're all just hanging out, doing their own thing. Yeah, just ridiculous. So, yeah, so you infiltrate the shadow base, or you infiltrate the base of the shadow team. As we said, you go through, you do those things. And as you're infiltrating the base, one of the places, well, you go through, you find the Krogan facility where they're doing the, the, the cloning. Uh, you take out the, you take out the scientists doing it. I didn't even realize I took them out. I just like sh- like just shooting wildly into the room. All of a sudden, I saw like the doctor is dead. I'm like, what? Yeah, and also <laughs> the doctor. I'm pretty sure was a was a Krogan. So it's like, yeah. Which is funny because Rex made a very like vaunted point of saying like, have you ever seen a Krogan scientist? Like- <laughs> we have now. <laughs> we have now seen a Krogan scientist, and we have killed him. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it's very weird. And there is a sequence, too, where you encounter some of the Solarian team uh, in a prison cell, and you can free them. And they're like, oh, thank you for freeing us. You know, we were captured, and you can, you can trust us. And then you're like, no, I can't. And then you have to kill them anyway, because it turns out they were brainwashed. Right, yeah. Or you can leave them in there. And That is true. Yeah. Yes. Ensuing events will, will, one way or another, those Solarians are dying, is the thing. Yeah, but you, but but that's your first. Well, I shouldn't say it's your first. It's your latest clue that there's some sort of brainwashing going on with, because they're talking about the voices in their head and everything. And we know we know that uh, Benetia, before we took her out, she said that you know Saren can use his ship to brainwash people. And so as we go through, you find like oh, there's an elevator up to Saren's office, basically. <laughs> so you take the elevator up to Saren's office, and then in the back there. There's a, a a relay that you can use, and you hit the oh, relay. Hold on, before that, did you, we, did, oh, did, did we go over the part where we talked about the uh, the Asari? Or was that afterwards? It's right before. Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. The Asari a, secretary ran a Thanoptics. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Didn't want to skip that part. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. He's got like an Asari secretary, and, she, and yeah, you can either try to get some information out of her, or just let her go, or just kill her. I think I just let her go. Not that it's going to matter. She's not going to make it very far. <laughs> well, it's funny. She's like, she's like, you, like, you, like, you let her go. She's like, you better start running. This place is like, what? I'm never going to. Well, I guess I better run. I better run. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, yeah, we, all, a- we all let her live? That's yeah, funny. I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, let her live is, you know, it's a relative term. <laughs> we let her live a little longer, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she comes back later. I don't know. She, oh, she does. Oh, she does. Oh, she does? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to this in two and perhaps three. Oh. Yeah, I'm. A, oh, I forgot about that. I'll have to. Mm-hmm. I'll have to, we'll have to check that out then. Cool, cool. Good for her. Good for her surviving. You don't see too much of that on this planet. So anyway, in the back of Saren's headquarters is a relay. And you turn on the relay. And then you start, you get a little vision of Saren's ship Sovereign. And, you know, you start having a chat with the ship. Because why not? And I forgot. I forgot that this happened on Vermeer. That in the middle of all the death and destruction... This is when Shepard gets slapped upside the head and be like, hey, what do you think a Reaper looks like? <laughs> right, yeah. well, right. Up to this point, we think it's just a myth or something else or just like advanced, like an old, either old synthetics or something or just some kind of like really powerful weapon. Like, can't be true. Oh, that thing that we possess ship that makes the weird noises, looks like a giant hand and it's kind of like Cthulhu-like. Oh, that's a Reaper. Got it. Should have figured that out earlier. <laughs> The thing is, like, I I think I assumed that the Reapers were real, at least in the mythos of the game, but I figured they'd be, like, kind of, like, maybe, like, death on steroids, something along right. those lines. Like, you still think, because even, like, the Prothean are human-esque. Like, you know, they're still, like, bipedal, and they have arms, you know, and, and you know, so I figured, like, okay, like, whatever the Reapers are going to be, they're going to kind of fit into the same thing. And it's like, no, it never occurred to me that they would be, the, you know, these giant ship-like things. Mm-hmm. Because that, it turns the whole game on its head. Because it goes, like, that's the moment where it goes, like, okay, Saren's the big, no, Saren's not the big bad. Sovereign is the big bad. Sovereign's right. been pulling the strings since the beginning. And again, it goes back to our, you know, it goes. this goes back to our, I guess, our second episode, but the first episode on Eden Prime. When on Eden Prime and you see Sovereign and you don't realize at the time, like, you're looking at a Reaper. You're looking at the thing. You know, we think, like, Saren's introduction in that episode when he pops up behind, uh, uh, what's his face? The, uh, the other uh, Spectre. Nihilus. Nihilus. Thank you. You know, you, you think, like, oh, that's sort of the, the big bad, and, and you've been chasing Saren this whole time, and like, no, no, no. Saren right. is, Saren's just a pawn. Yeah. It, it's, it's been sovereign all along. Well, it also explains and, all the noise. Like, that ship makes so much noise when you see it, but to me, it's just like, I just figured the first time I played it, it was just what the, that ship made. It was just something normal in the universe. Did realize what that was going to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's fun. It's cool because it it is a sentient race of ships, and then Sovereign also comes and says, "Oh, and there's a lot of us. Like it's, <laughs> it's not just me. It's not just me. The you know two kilometer long sentient starship. Um, I have lots of friends. That's really that's really the kicker too. It's like because this ship alone, like how are you going to take out this ship? And then it's like, oh, but it's not only this ship. <laughs> it's like." I love some of the lines that Sovereign's had and stuff like, like one of the things that says, organic life is nothing but a genetic mutation, an accident. Their lives are measured in years and decades. You wither and die. We are eternal. The pinnacle of evolution and existence. It's like, like and that's kind how, of terrifying. And that's how you can tell too, like, oh, you're, you're, I mean, that's some, that's some like JRPG, you know, sort of, uh, act three villain walking in like, Oh yeah, no, we're, we are the pinnacle of existence. All other forms of life bow to us. Like, okay. All right. So Saren's a jerk, but this thing is the world ender. 
Or Galaxy Ender, I suppose. Uh, it's it's brutal, and it it's just I don't know. Like it it, it like I said, like okay, this is the second, or I guess the, this is the second moment, really, because I mean, even having to decide, like, okay, who's going to go with Kirahi? Like, you still don't know how that's going to turn out yet, but just the, the 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 fact that the plot turns, like, I I I mean, I'm still shocked by this revelation, and I've played through the game how many times now. <laughs> That it is, it is up there on the list of twists. That because you know, I mean, you're so used to thinking like, okay, like you know, Saren's the bad, and like that's just his ship. You would never think the ship is the villain. Like it shouldn't. But then, like the way they're talked about with the Reapers being a technological race, it makes complete sense. And what's clever too is that when you're talking to Sovereign, you're talking to the hologram of him, which it's a little bit bigger than Shepard, but it's not full scale. No. Mm-hmm. So. It doesn't feel like it, like that conversation is completely different if like Shepard and Sovereign are standing out on a field somewhere and Sovereign is just towering over him, you know, and, and not taking the opportunity to like just fry him in his tracks. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just there's just Reapers are so terrifying because like pretty sure the right. This is the scene we find out that the entire everything we deal with there, all the technology, all the things we think are Protheum is all just a trap by the Reapers till he has to yeah. make us to screw ourselves. Yeah, that the Citadel is from the Reapers. Isn't is that it, where we find this out? I don't. I can't remember if it's here or on Ilos. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Sovereign alludes to, you know, guiding uh, the races and, and how they evolve and all that. But that's what I, I, I mean. really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's there's more. I think there's more like specifics on Ilos with the Prothean Vi, but. I just I really enjoy how this interaction changes the scale of the game because um, I think you know you have a whole galaxy to explore and at first it sort of feels like well this is a vehicle to give me lots of various level designs and you know have that make sense and it works really well but then when you hear this it's like no this is actually your enemy is something that could conceptually come in and sweep the entire galaxy and you know, destroy all sort of evolved sentient life. Well, it's also just like think about the, like how big it is compared to you. It's like when you're fighting right. against a Geth, Geth are like sometimes like slightly bigger than you, but not like something that seems like unstoppable. When one thing by itself is a sh- is a capital ship and bigger than most any ships in the galaxy by comparity, because like Sovereign is big, bigger than all the other ships we have. So, and he's just one of many. Oh. Oh no! This yeah, like, is not a fair fight. <laughs> you're not going to be fighting Reapers on foot, like. Oh well. Uh... <laughs> so then, Shep or, or Sovereign, basically, you piss Sovereign off because you deny you deny Sovereign, like you know what, surrender <laughs> for lack of a better word, and you're like, yeah, we're still going to take you out because I'm Shepherd and I'm plucky like that, and then you get a message from Joker that like sovereign's on its way to kill you. Like it, like it blows up the room. That's right. And then you're yeah. like, and then yeah, Joker's like, yeah, so- sovereign just turned around. It, it's, it's moving. It, it's coming in your direction. You must've pissed it off somehow. <laughs> and so at that point now, everything kind of comes on a timer because you're trying to set a bomb to blow up, to blow up the facility. Well, you need to get the Normandy in. you need to get the Normandy in to drop the bomb. So the Normandy can drop the bomb. So then you've got to set it off. So you get you get over to the spot where you can drop the bomb. And you've got Ashley and Kirahi, I think, are at one of the anti-aircraft guns. 
or I, I say Ashley, but it could be whoever, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to handle that. And then you've got the Normandy comes in, it drops the bomb off and then you're trying to set the bomb off. And then Saren shows up. And this is really, I feel like the third big moment of Vermeer where you get to have like a nice little chat with Sa- Saren to find out like, what exactly is he thinking with all this? Because you, you know, you're like, okay, now I know you're working for this ship. And you're like, so how do you know that the ship isn't, you know, indoctrinating you? <laughs> Cause that's right. what it does. And Saren's like, no, no, no. Like the ship knows it needs me. It can't have everybody. It can't have everybody. It's working with indoctrinated because, you know, as you're indoctrinated, you lose your mind and you become useless. It needs somebody who knows what they're doing. Somebody with access, somebody like a specter, basically. Right. Yeah. You, know, you know, so. Yeah, a lot of this indoctrination though is kind of like like a alcohol and drug dependency. A lot of times, you think you're in control, but you're not. It feels a bit too like maybe like being in with like the mob or something. Like you think like oh I can get out anytime I want. It's like no sure. nobody gets out of the mob anytime they want. <laughs> and this also fair. Yeah, this um I think this conversation I can't remember the exact order now, but but. Uh, like, I don't remember if you, you have it out with Saren. Oh, you have it out with Saren first. And this is where you can start to like lay the foundation for the end of the game, which, uh, spoiler alert, you'll be seeing Saren again. Uh, but the next time you see him, if you have enough charm or intimidate, you can basically say, Hey dummy, no, you're being indoctrinated. And he'll like pause for a moment and then say like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm fine. Um, but you can start to kind of like plant that seed of doubt in him, which can come into play later or not. Well, there was a moment during this fight because you do actually have a firefight with Saren where he's flying around on his little like <sighs> goblin glider. <laughs> and, you know, so, so, you know, so you're pinned down or whatever, trying to take him out and you need to defeat him enough to, to get him to go away so you can get back to the bomb. But there is a moment like as you're going back and forth where you do have a Paragon or Renegade option basically to... Tell Saren, like, no, like, stop working with Sovereign. Start working with us. We can fix this. If you're not right. indoctrinated, if you can, if you can walk away from this, now's your chance. Yeah, but because and this is yeah, where you it's not going to go well the other way. Yeah, but it's also where you can see a lot of fear in Saren. Like before, it seemed like he had a lot of control, a lot of no worries. But you're like telling like, he's doing this for a reason. He's worried like the Reapers. You can't stop them. It's like literally, we need to work with them so we don't get murdered. I'm right. Like, well, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's again, like, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Rex. Like you can kind of understand where he's coming from. I wouldn't say that his actions are all justified because like the Reapers oh, are very all. bad people, but it's like when the op, when, when like the one option on the table is like utter annihilation, <laughs> like, you know, I don't, you kind of can't blame him for being like, okay, you know what? Let me become your, your, your brainwashed toady because it beats the alternative. Right. Kinda. Right. It's just just like anything. It's like, hmm, do I want to go with the the underdogs or do I want to stay on the winning side? And with the winning side is multiple giant like creatures of the size of uh like giant ships. Yeah, they might make a little bit more power than the little guy over here, little specter human. Well, I think that's the key because it's not just the winning side. It's not like he's trying to pick who's going to be the victor here in uh in like a close fight like. Odds makers are going to have humanity severely under, you know, like to say they're an underdog is an overstatement. Right. I mean, there's no, uh, you know, I mean, you, you know, when, especially when you consider the full scope of the Reaper's power to say like, okay, you know what? Like I am, I, like I am completely outgunned here. I have to go along and listen. 
because I've got, you know, like, it's not a choice. Like, I don't think Saren sees this as a choice. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's it, right? You you can kind of give him a little bit of doubt or a moment of pause, but the way he looks at it is this is a threat that, like, the entire galaxy couldn't respond to. And he's convinced. He's he sold that he made the right call, and that's it. Yeah, and, like, how would you guys feel, like, barring this being a game, if this was you in real life, what choice would you be making? Would you be I would have pooped yeah. myself to death. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would already be dead. That's fair. We don't have military training. We're probably going to be the, no. the husks. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, it's a, a friggin' mile and a half long ship, you know, picked me up and is like, hey, I want you to uh, help me raise an army. Be like, what? No, I'm going to go lay in the corner and cry and weep. You turn me into a husk, exactly. <laughs> Why is that husk in the fetal position? Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're in the field position. They're all crying. That's why we always find a blade. Wow, that's dark. That's <laughs> Shit. That's not where I thought this conversation was going to go, but. Uh... Every time you kill a husk, a single tear rolls out. <laughs> uh, and they short out because they're all so electrical. So... Also very true. Also very true. Uh... So, so, you, so you chase Saren off. You you get him down enough that he he flies off, and you've got the bomb there, and then the the guests start showing up, and so you, you know you've got whichever crew member you chose, Caden or Ashley is with you. You're trying to get the bomb to go. The they have to stay with the bomb. Then you start to hear that the other you know Kira he and the other crew member are are under under fire. So you go you start running across the 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 facility here. It almost looks like the Hoover Dam in a way. It's got that kind of like mm. cement like like quality to it and you're there's some like high like ledges that you're going across yeah and then you get halfway across and then it's like oh you see another geth ship show up and now you've got caden on one side you've got ashley on the other side both are under heavy fire and you you and the normandy can only get to one yeah and they're both saying no get get caden no no get ashley no caden no ashley i'm like huh everybody wants to be a martyr Shoot me. Shoot me. No, shoot me. Shepard just takes his own life at that point and ends the game. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> game over. I can't make this decision. <laughs> so so who on this playthrough, who did you guys decide to save? Ashley. Uh, Caden. All right. I finally I finally went with Caden. I finally had to had to see what happens here. Okay. And that that felt especially harsh because I wanted to see too, like, again, like I'd been kind of leading Ashley on in a romance and I wanted to see like, what happens if I just abruptly, like, this is how I break up with you. <laughs> oh, so you, you're just going to come out of this game with no romance then. No, I, I romance nobody huh. in this game. Cause you know, none of the, I mean, I guess, you know, the problem is that the, the best romances are yet to come in, in mass effect that, like Caden and Ashley and, and, and Liara, you know, they're all like nice, like starter companions, but like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, 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 I want to see what else is there. <laughs> are you, are you holding out for Tally? I don't know. Tally is very, Tally is very fun in this game. And I'm, I'm disappointed already that like, I mean, there's no real. Yes. She's very, very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. 
Uh, Did anybody order the uh, the tally body pillow that is available? Oh my god! Oh, no. actually, I have, f- I have a funny story about that. Before all I right, continue, right. be quick. I was trying to find a tally plushie, and it sent me to one of those very special adult pillows for tally. And I'm like, that's not the oh, plushie no. I was looking for. Oh, I'm sad now. Oh, I got very sad because they put special holes in certain places. I'm just like, yeah, no, I know, I knew what you meant. I just, <laughs> you don't, you don't have to clarify. It's just that I realized it and it was sad. Yeah, you're saying that containment suit is not so well contained. Yes, I, I like, I like the official one better than the one that I found by accident. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> All right. All right. <laughs> And I thought the hardest part of this show would be making the decision about who to save, but no. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's also really interesting of who you save, though, because like it's just the different seed you get. Of like, do you if you leave the bomb maker there, you see them as oh, yeah. big attack, try to figure out the bomb, and it just explodes in their face and nukes the planet. Or if you save the person who's not the bomb, you get to go save them, fly off away, and then see the bomb maker just like just. No, I, I got the reverse. You know what I'm talking about. Someone say this. Yeah. Right. You can protect the bomb maker. They finish the things. They get on the ship and leave and watch their bomb explode and take out their other friend. Yes. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because there's like uh, like you're in like a, a, a drainage ditch almost. And there's like water rushing around it and it's all coming down. And you got to like get up a, an incline with the water. And yeah, everybody gets into the ship and it's it's very it's very chaotic yeah, why you can't save the other person and also leave a line for the rest to grab while they're dragging away you know whatever yeah it feels I, I it's an interesting decision it definitely i don't know if it ever really landed for me it feels sort of like forced and a little bit artificial like well originally there was know. actually there was actually supposed to be an option where you could save both of them they got I taken from the game there was supposed to be an option to save them both Huh. I wonder I why they why. took that out. Yeah, I forget why. There was like there was like either like time constraints or something they couldn't finish it or Well, the weird thing is, so Caden was with the bomb and I saved him. And Kirahi and his men get out because after we all get on the Normandy, Kirahi and his men are on the Normandy. Wait, they are? So I I don't understand. I think I think they were, right? It was uh yeah. yeah, yeah, no, they are. Yeah. They definitely are. Yeah, you, you, if well, you, you know, don't allow them to get like torn up by the Geth, then then they're in the um, cargo bay. Yeah, this yes. is this is where I screwed up by accident, and my because I did two playthroughs on this part. Once well, I did a second one just so I could get the romance achievement for my game. But in my regular, my regular world, that didn't get. I didn't have nobody romance, but I I forgot to check my hole before I left here, so I didn't get to have a conversation. With them at all, they're just gone for the rest of the game. And don't get to talk to them again. My second okay. playthrough, I, I go to I go to the uh, go to there because I need like to talk to Ashley real quick, try to finish up the romance. And I'm like, oh, you guys are here! I didn't know you were supposed to be here. I have missed you every time I played this game. Oh, that's funny. Cool. Yeah, because as soon as you go anywhere else, like as soon as you dock on another planet, they just pop off and go about their STG business. See, that's what I was going to ask, because the, no, I actually, I don't know if you can go to another planet. I think the next planet you have to go to is the Citadel, because I think there was, an, uh, there was somewhere else I was trying to go, and I think you come back, and basically they're like, no, you got to come to the uh, Citadel now. we got to talk about what just happened. You can okay. go some places if you haven't finished them yet. 
Okay. If you finished everything uh, up to this point, then the only place left to go is the Citadel. Okay, so you could go to like Ver or not, uh, like uh, Novaria, for example. Yeah, it's very weird, like logic, like game breaks, but you know there is ways of doing. It. That would be. That's what we need to do is like play through. Like we were saying the the one episode, the uh, don't get Liara till the very end. Play right. Through. Right. <laughs> I'm starving and hallucinating. Who are you? <laughs> oh, my mom's dead. Oh, as well. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so you get all you get, you get on the ship. You got Kirahi and everybody in there. Caden or Ashley, whoever you have left, you can talk to them, and they're kind of broken up about the fact that you let them live. You know, and they're 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 sort of like you know I you know you should have saved the other person and and whatnot or you know and and you're like okay like just deal with it. Yeah, I know I, I know I, I know Ashley in particular. Um, you know, but basically like Shepard says to her like you know I, you didn't need, you don't need to die just to. Like, uh, like, re, you know, fix your family's name or whatever. Right, yeah. and that one kind of hits harder a little bit because, like, yeah, you, if you let her die, she basically gets to sacrifice, restore her family's name by sacrificing her life. Uh, like, and sure. how does it on a covert mission? I don't think that's how that works. Like, y- your heroic sacrifice on a super classified mission is probably not going to do what you think uh, it's going to do. That's, no, but you know, guys, we forgot something. What? The Solarian speech before we attack. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hold the line. You all know the mission and what is at stake. I have come to trust each of you with my life, but I have also heard murmurs of discontent. I share your concerns. We are trained for espionage. We would be legends, but the records are sealed. Glorying in battle is not our way. Think of our heroes. A silent step who defeated a nation with a single shot. Or the ever-alert who kept armies at bay with hidden facts. These giants do not seem to give us solace here, but they are not all that we are. Before the network, there was the fleet. Before diplomacy, there were soldiers. Our influence stopped Arachni, but before that, we held. Line. Our influence stopped the Krogan, but before that, we held the line. Our influence will stop Saren. In the battle today, we will hold the line. Good luck, Commander. I hope we will meet again. Yeah, that was like that part. Like they where he says, like every time we've had a, we've had an issue, the Krogan rebellions, the Ragnar, like we've held the line. It's like. It got my it got my blood pumping for that mission. It's like, yeah, we're gonna hold this. We're gonna take this shit down. It's it's very like it reminded me a lot of like those classic you know military movies like the I would say like anywhere from like the forties to the sixties where you'd have you know like you ever watch Patton or something like that. It felt very much like the you know general getting up in front of the troops and getting them all excited. I liked it. Um, you- I still enjoy it. Yeah. Braveheart with like the blue face oh, paint yeah. and him like riding on yeah. the horse back and forth like yeah that that it, it's it's all that it, I mean it was very very well done in that regard. Well, it's also mm. like uh, very appropriate for like Ash if Ashley sacrificed herself because the secret mission they know that no one's gonna read about their stuff. Everything they do is highly classified, so they will die unknown, but still save their save their planets, their people and stuff. Right, and right. The thing too. Well, one. 
things are classified only for so long. I don't know what exactly the, the Citadel policy on classification is, but um, like if you've, if you've seen the movie Argo, that was all classified at one point. Fair now enough. it's a major motion picture that's won an Academy Award. So I really like yeah. the movie too. You know, so we just need to wait, you know, like 25 years for like the Ashley Williams movie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ashley Williams Hollywood. Exactly. <clears throat> Where she's played by an Elcor for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ashley. She gets. Uh, oh, man. She takes a beating. Can someone do an Elcor line of Ashley? <laughs> Liara, get out of those DMs. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. Irritated racism. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, there we go. Uh. Thinly veiled xenophobia. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ashley. I would still watch that movie though. <laughs> the Elf <laughs> The Ashley Williams story, played by Elcors. <laughs> kind of want to see Star Wars with Elcors. <laughs> there there should be like just a, a cable channel or whatever that's just everything is Elcors. It's just that's it. Elcors family matters. Exactly. Oh god. Everything, everything you could think of. Elcor Urkel. I don't, I can't imagine how that would work. Annoying laugh. <laughs> Squeakily. More cheese, please. Feigned confusion. Did I do that? <laughs> uh. So yeah, so so you're you're back on the Normandy. You talk to Caden Ashley. Liara wants to link minds again because she's like, you've got new information now. Now we can, can put it all together. And then she does. And, that, and then this is when she's like, okay, we got to go to Ilos. And then you call the council, which did you talk? Did you talk to the council Oops. at all here? Uh, hold, or? On. hold on for just a second. We lost. Uh... Oh. Oh. Yep, go back up. All right. So you talk to the council. And again, they don't believe you about the Reapers. You're like, dude, I saw a Reaper. I know what they look like now. I could draw a picture of one if you wanted me to. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we still don't believe you. Um, well, I also like but they basically say, well, they, they, what's interesting is they're like, we know that like you don't believe in the Reapers, but if you believe they're real as a specter, you can still go around and do what you want. So like you can do everything and uh, as a specter, but you just, you know, like you're just not going to get like our full support on this. Yeah. Well, they, ba but you kinda, they basically ground you. You basically have can't do anything. Well, that's not until you go and actually like talk to them. And yell oh, that's, like, that's, that's what I thought right. you were talking about. You're talking, you're talking about the, the video yeah, no, call. No, 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 no. Cause the, the, we'll, we'll get to that next time when you go to the Citadel and, uh, and then stuff happens there. But yeah, yeah you, they, they actually, yeah, they actually came across kind of reasonable where they're like, hmm. like as the council, we have to like, you know, represent the galaxy and care about the galaxy and you know we can't go off on these sort of like far-fetched flights of fancy and so <laughs> they're like but if you believe that you know if you if you want to clap your hands and make the reapers real you do that and, and you know you go around and be a specter and then we'll we'll talk about it later and i was like oh that, it actually that didn't come across nearly as hostile as like they normally do or nearly as 
There was actually sort of a bit of understanding. They're like, oh, okay, like, oh, this, you guys have your role. This time, especially if you saved the SGT, like, you actually helped non-humans. So that actually yes. helps them look at you in a better light. Right, like, Okay, right. you will do stuff that's not just about humans. Good to know. Also, before I forget, one thing that was very interesting in this is when you find out you have to go to Ilos from the Vision, they're like, she's like, oh, yeah, it's a Prophet world. Like, well, why didn't you know we should have gone there before? She's like, this relay goes to hundreds of thousands of worlds. How would I know that's the one they were specifically going to? Well, I think because um, the Mew relay, like the location of it was lost. So I think that's the big, it is a weird interaction though. It's like, yeah, what, I mean, why would she have mentioned it? Cause you'd be like, Liara, why didn't you bring up Ilo? She's like, I, nobody knows how to get there. Like, well, they yeah, built new, I don't know. like they, they, they got a hold of the Mew relay. That wasn't the problem. Like it got lost, but they had track of it. It was just like, well, yeah, but there's lots of Mass Effect relays, lots of Prothea worlds. I can't psychically know exactly which one's going to have the thing you need. Right. What I find interesting is that, like, in the vision, you see, like, a planet from, you know, a distance, not, you know, you're not, like, on the planet. You're, you know, in an orbit around it or, or, you know, like, a good distance from the planet. And then you see, like, a reaper flying around it or whatever. And, like, from that, Liara's like, oh, that's Ilos. Like, I don't feel, like, and I, I mean, okay, like, I guess, like, you could say, like, I'm an expert of, say, like, our solar system that, you know, like, if you show me, like, a poorly rendered planet with rings, I'll be like, oh, that's Saturn. Like, I could understand, well, you know, to a certain degree. But I feel like what defining feature of that planet made her realize that was Ilos? Well, I think it's not just that. I think a lot of it is she also got, like, because she was able to tap in and get the understanding of the Protheans. Which the the like we what we saw was a vision, but I think they also got like thoughts of what the planet was too. It's like they someone said because I think in this thing, it says they told you it was Ilos. And later the vision does tell you it's Ilos itself. They just didn't have like the. Uh, I think that's what we need the other Cotter for to actually get the understanding. We we had the visions, but we didn't have the basic knowledge to understand it. We couldn't think like it. We didn't because it was in. So she had she had the closed captioning on. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, because like it's also why we had to get a full version because like we had the Prothean thinking from the from the Thorian, and now we actually have a full video. Because before it's like when they first saw the first video, it's like watching something that's like lots of blurred vision, things are cut weirdly, things stutter and stop, and you're like, "What did I just watch?" And then you watch the full version without it breaking. It's like, ah, that's how that worked. Just like like. When I watched Star Wars, my first video I had for Star Wars, the first half of the film's broken, so I had to guess what happened the first part of the film. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's a bad way to watch a movie, sir. <laughs> it really was. And my, 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 my assumption of how things went it was, it was very incorrect. <laughs> so, all right, so I think that's as good a point as any to stop. Because uh, I think we've pretty much covered uh, covered Vermeyer. Next time, I guess we'll do. We'll either do the Citadel. Or we we'll, we got to start doing the side quest at some point because we're running out of uh, we're we're running out of times to do that. What side? Yeah, and I mean at this point, <laughs> the game is about ready to lock you out from doing side quests. So yes, yes. So we'll probably actually start covering them next week then, and then we'll get to and then we'll get to the Citadel and then. Pretty much from the Citadel, it's just straight on to Endgame. Mm-hmm. 
Straight on to getting game. Yeah. So with all of that said, this has been Squad Goals number 11. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? You can find me at WD. That's the word double Y-E-W-D-E-E on Twitter. Uh, and you can hear me on the MASH Network on the Wondrous Tales podcast every other week where we talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. Cora, how about you? Uh, if you guys want to talk to me about Mass Effect, you can do that on Twitter at Kurabaris, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara, where I play video games occasionally when I have time. Has been recently, because I've been very busy. And then on the Mash Network, you can find me every week talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, at Dropping Spicy. Uh, currently on hiatus with the uh, Clan of Three right now. And did I forget anything? I don't think so. Don't think so either. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, where I talk about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, where we talk about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons and email us your questions or thoughts. Let us know who you saved or didn't save on Vermeer or what your thoughts were about the big revelation about Sovereign. Uh, let us know. And, uh, and uh, what's your thoughts on body pillows? <laughs> no, actually, I'd, you know, I'd, know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cool. You can DM. Here. You can DM Cora directly. Just let him know. <laughs> That's fine. Cora, just DM me. <laughs> don't don't slide into my DMs, or else Ashley's gonna get upset. <laughs> but uh, yeah, email us your thoughts. It's oh, you at Mash. Dead. That's true. That is true. But not Elk or Ashley. <laughs> Email us at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. Stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. Chip and Kura, I'm Nick. I should go. This is my favorite podcast on the network. See you, Commander. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.